What's up, Jay Barones? Live from Toronto, Ontario, in Kansas City, Missouri, this is the Torture Rack Podcast. I am your host, John F. Malta. My co-host is Mark Bass, and we are very happy to be here with you, our friends in wrestling. Mark, say something. Let the people know you're alive, pal. John F. Malta. Big E. Kofi Kingston. Xavier Woods. Are you ready to escape The Undertaker? Brother, I watched a really shitty <laughs> thing today. Did you watch the whole thing? I, of course it was. 30 minutes long. Of course I watched oh the Oh my god, thing. it's only 30 minutes it's long? It's only 30 did minutes add, long. Did you, add it, did you rate it on Letterboxd? Oh my god, I forgot to rate it on Letterboxd. I don't know what I would give it. Probably a one <laughs> Out of five star. stars? <laughs> Probably one star. <laughs> I don't really don't want to take up too much time talking about this because it's honestly like the stupidest. I can't thing believe in the it's world. only a half hour because in my mind it was good. Like I mean, John, it's probably you're good meant that it's only a half to try hour. it several different times <laughs> and take different paths. Oh, what, wait, what? What do you it mean? It's a choose-your-own-adventure interactive <laughs> piece of content. It's choose-your-own-adventure. It's choose-your-own-adventure. So you'll so make, like how does that format work? So you'll make very arbitrary decisions, like go with. Go with Kofi upstairs. Like, or open like, the door? Do you go inside there, uh, Yeah, Undertaker? it's a little bit... Yes, there's some stuff of that later, but, like, mostly it's just, like, do you go upstairs or you go downstairs? And then they just show you a shot of him going upstairs. And then if you watch it again, they would just show a shot of someone else going downstairs. But they end up coming <laughs> together for most of the time. The, what the, is the overall story that is happening in this? I'm so glad you asked. There is no story whatsoever. There's absolutely zero explanation. New Day shows up at Undertaker's house, which is just a normal ass mansion with just like a, the Undertaker logo, just like very, you know, crappily. Like, like it looks like a Halloween decoration on the front of just like a totally normal, <laughs> non scary mansion. Um, like they went to Walmart to make, get like the set dressing. Exactly. And then they this. just went to like whoever's house was closest. <laughs> Out of everyone on the on the crew, just like some mansion that occasionally has like purple or, you know, different different lights. Um, but yeah, they just arrive, just the new day, and the new day basically have to carry this entire thing on their backs with like their charm and charisma, which unfortunately they cannot do because they're given absolutely nothing to work with. But it's basically just them showing <laughs> up, being like, okay, okay, we gotta go in there, steal the urn. Like, yes, we gotta steal the urn. There's no explanation as to like. Why they want to steal the urn? Oh, <laughs> by the way, it starts with like Undertaker, like this, like this. He's sitting in like a control room, basically. He's sitting in like the Retribution. Like there's like laptops everywhere, and it's like showing old clips of like the Undertaker. Undertaker is in he, a room with laptops. Yes, yes, because that's the scariest thing about Undertaker. So he's like a tech ge- tech genius. It's, well, it's the classic Undertaker time traveling wizard. Classic Undertaker character sitting in a room full of computers, like <laughs> watching clips of his own. It's, it's exactly tech what savvy boomer undertaker. Rather than definitely ca- what rather than I coming at people of. just like sitting like watching them on TV, like seeing how things play out. You know, he's very yeah. Wouldn't Undertaker just calculated. be in like a dark throne with like a chalice, like yes, listening yeah. to like metal music, like feasting you know? off the blood of of the young. Um, yeah, doing he doesn't need rituals. the internet to watch the new day. He knows no. they're there. No, but he's like sitting in his control room. He's watching. Clips of the urn, the urn's power, <laughs> and then Paul Bearer's there. He's like, "Oh, the urn!" Oh! And wait, Paul Bearer is in this. He's just like a clip of him, like it's like just a cli- oh right. There's yes. like clips of the Undertaker. New Day arrive, and one of the like 15 times we hear the New Day theme song just like drop in the middle of the, the New Day theme is played in. This. They walk in and it's like, 
<laughs> like they're making an entrance like in the movie. Yeah, and every time there's like a scary moment that's followed by a bad joke, it'll just hit. It'll be like, Does Biggie Kofi, yell I'm Undertake? so scared. It's like, oh, you're not that scared. We're the New Day. <laughs> like just throughout. Does Big E do their entrance? Uh, no, he does not. Unfortunately, he does not. That see, like live from Dead Man so Mansion. Clearly, it was meant to be this thing that's kind of like silly. You know what I mean? It's right. Not, not taking yourself yeah. too seriously, obviously. But they went too far in that direction where it's like this is obviously like a fucking thing for like eight year olds, right? It's just like a really. It's like it's for kids, obviously. Would you be stoked to have this as an eight year old on VHS? Absolutely not, because. The, the thing I hate the most about, and VHS wouldn't work. Like, what would you do? Like, fast forward to, like, 13 if you go left? You know what I mean? <laughs> Pop in tape two if you want to go left. <laughs> tape two. I'm it's, so glad. It's that... a 26 tape uh, <laughs> <laughs> special like edition. It's $180. Yeah. Put in tape 14, side two. It's like, there's different <laughs> sides. Um, yes. So, you, you got me confused, John. I'm, I'm trying to talk about this. Very important. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's this thing for toddlers. But the thing that you like about shows when you're a kid is not just, like, because they're dumb. You like stories. You know what I mean? When you, they, they always underestimate, right. like, kids' ability to be, like, inter- interested in the story. You just want to see the New Day just, like, pal around. So there's no story whatsoever. They're just going to go in there and fucking find the urn. They find the urn, like, pretty much immediately, but it's got, like, a key. They, they need to find a key, and so they go down to the basement, and the key's, like, in a fucking jar, like, on the other side of the room. And it's like... It's like, Xavier's like, oh, let's just walk into the fog. It's fine. He's like, do you walk into the fog with Xavier? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't fucking walk into the fog because I'm not a fucking idiot. Xavier gets taken by the Undertaker, and you're like, uh. Oh. And then Kofi fucking climbs over the goddamn smoke and gets the key, and it's like, doom, doom, tsh, tsh, tsh. <laughs> you know, they're dancing and stuff. And they just go back upstairs, and just like immediately Xavier's back. So it's like, there's no actual consequences to, I don't, I, as far as I know, it doesn't just like, you go the wrong way and it's like, you are dead. Like, please start this again. Like no matter what you'll get to the ending. So it's just like the whole interactive portion, like they, they needn't have bothered. Um, so the story is New good Day loves jo- to feed off evil. <laughs> Undertaker says this to himself. So they want to come in and he's, he's like, they're like, Undertaker, let me in. We want to come steal your urn or whatever. And then he doesn't open the door and then they start to walk away and he's like, Ooh, wait, good loves to feed off evil. And then he just opens the door for them, and they're just like, oh, okay. I guess Undertaker's probably not home. And they just, like, walk in like like he's not there. Um, yeah, just a regular-ass mansion. And one of the worst things about it is that, like, you're given a, an amount of time, kind of like a quick-time event, to, like, make a choice between two things. But if you th- they're, like, talking. They're like, what are you going to do, Kofi? And if you choose something right in the middle of that clip, it won't, like, wait for that to play out and then go to your option. It'll just cut. Right in the middle of a clip. Oh, you're so like, like jump What do you want to do? Next... And it's just like the next scene. It's just like so <laughs> cheap. I'm like, how could... It's hard to imagine a billion dollar company that produced something that's just so unbelievably cheap. That makes... It's made the... for Netflix too, right? Honestly, it makes the Boneyard match look like fucking 2001 A Space Odyssey. Like, it's just... <laughs> and, you know, there's a couple of funny moments like right when they get in the match and they're like, yo, we gotta split up. Like, we have to. I'm just like, okay, that's kind of funny. But yeah, at no point, it just insults, you know, the viewer's intelligence. Even if you're a kid, like, you don't want your intelligence insulted by, like, this is just, like, a stupid reason just to get the new day. To just, you know, do some unfunny kind of bits. Um, yeah, so many new day music cues. And uh, The Undertaker, at his age, uh, when he takes his hat off, looks 
positively ghoulish. So <laughs> very appropriate. How, wait, how does it end? You basically you get the two keys. You, you open. Get the, they get the urn. New they get, gets the urn. They get the urn. But then Undertaker comes, and then there's like a really bad fight between the Undertaker and the New Day. Um, and then you get it, and you get a choice at the end to either destroy the urn or keep the urn. So it's like a Dark Souls kind of thing. It's like, do you mm, do you light do the you fire? Do you light the flame? Yeah. Or do you you become the the god of evil? And uh, so of course I destroyed the flame. Or I destroyed the urn because I'm a fucking wuss. And um, yeah, you're a and, hero. And then it's like, would you like to begin the adventure again? And, you're and like, then it just ends. There's not like, a resolution. Not. <laughs> I mean, you just they get out basically. They they leave. And you don't go back. It basically asks you if you want to go right back in the mansion. I'm like, what kind of a fucking idiot would go right back in? But I just know, I haven't played it again, but I just know that it's going to be basically the same thing with, like, you know, probably one minute. Very slight variations. Very slight variations. So they they needn't have had bothered with the interactive portion. They should have just made a piece of shitty content and just been like, here you go. Yeah, so I would say probably one star, one and a half stars. Do not. On Letterboxd? If I had to. If I had to rate it on Letterboxd, probably go with... <laughs> Are you not going to rate it? I don't know if it's on there. Yeah, I don't know that it's going to be something that I throw on. I like that it, it... Like, you saying it, like, talking about it, I think makes it sound better than... See, that's that's what I want to do, is, like, when it comes to a lot of these things, I only want to deeply explain them to you if I'm certain that it would be more fun to hear me talking about it than to actually watch it. Like if I thought well, it was like I said, imagining fun, it, it seems like something that could go on VHS and then we'd buy it when we were eight and it'd be this sure. thing that both of us saw and now we're like, you know, two eight year olds right now in twenty years doing their version of Torture Act. Right. Oh remember like, remember the Undertaker? Bro, remember how good New Day and the Undertaker Oh my god, I haven't watched was? it in like twenty five years, but I'm sure it's great. It's funny to think that there are like young wrestling fans that will Go See, that's on to the make thing. podcasts. I don't think to... that any young people watching this will like it. That's the only thing. That's I don't. I think, guess I don't I know. I don't think they will like it. It's so fucking stupid. It just has like I just can't. I can't imagine what audience is for. Because like, what does a fucking eight year old kid care about the Undertaker? You know what I mean? That's true. They care about. I mean, the, the funniest theater. thing to me when I was a kid was uh, man getting hit with football. <laughs> Honestly, it just feels like they're just like they're they're just turning undertaker from like a scary character into just like a fucking cash cow kind of well he's like a property proper- now he's a property like, they, yeah he's like a fran- franchise property that they honestly he looked so fucking tired in this like i felt so <laughs> bad for the man i'm just like let him rest in peace dude yeah like i don't know yeah i probably will not watch that i'm sure they'll make more please do not. um but it's not going to be a part of my Shocktober viewing. No, hell no. I got too much, too many movies with the name with the word maniac in them. Chud, Day of the Dead, Maniac, Texas Cop, Chainsaw Massacre, Maniac, II, the other Maniac. Shocker. <laughs> so so much to watch. Speaking of things we watched last night, AW Dynamite. Oh hell yeah, dude! Fucking crazy to look at who is like the main event. Who are the main event players right now in AEW? So, obviously, Kenny Omega, now Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, Pac. And Andrade, the return. And the returning. Horseman. Cowboy. Andy Cage. Hor- Millennial I- Cowboy. You know what? It's I was trying to, um, like, kind of line some characters one up, one up with their, like, 
what I would call their attitude error counterparts or whatever. Just for oh, fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for fun, just to be like, right. does AEW have an even bigger roster of like cooler characters than even the attitude error? Which I think absolutely it does. But, I you know, think, trying, yeah. to, trying to rock them up one, one for one. So, you know, some definitely like odd pairings, like. I put Pac as like Triple H because they have a similar kind of build and because, you know. Because they both have really wet hair. They're heel. Yeah, they both have really wet hair and wet chests and, and stuff. walk around grumpy. Yeah, walk around grumpy and they both have kind of similar greasy hair. But ultimately, it's like Triple H could honestly couldn't fucking lace Pac's boots. Dude, he could not hang with Pac. Yeah, no, no way. And I, Very it's, not, few. it's not really a, it's, you know, I just think. Pac is in like a whole other level. Same thing with like Kenny Omega. There was really, it's really difficult to come up with a um, analog for something like that. Um, I mean, I guess that's what you're doing there though. Is like, would be like if in the nineties you were like, who is like Hulk Hogan or Macho Man Randy Savage from the sixties or seventies or eighties. So it's like like... Moxley Stone Cold's an easy call. You know, I think the rock could be Ricky Starks in the future. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he's, like, kind of a heel now, kind of dresses in a, in a similar fashion. So, you know, these are just fun just to, to orient myself. And I was thinking about Hangman and how there really is no – that I can think of. There's no one really like Hangman. Um, and I think what's so great about him is that is that what you said, that, that millennial, anxious uh, cowboy character, which is like, actually resonated so much with people – uh, it used to be that a wrestler would have to be like, you know, brave no matter what and just like kind of like have no flaws and just be like kind of the most heroic character. And uh, Hangman has been embraced, I think, for partly for his vulnerability, for his not thinking he's good enough to be Kenny Omega and stuff and like reflecting more of like, yeah, just so, sort of more of a modern mindset of like what we want a professional wrestler to be. And I think that's why he has the potential to be like, yeah, as big as anybody in that company. Yeah, and just the long-term story that they're telling with him, that they're committed to telling with him. It's interesting, too, like, you know, he came back. Uh, we're recording this the night after the ladder match, and he came back to a huge... Huge pop. And as soon yeah, as he came out, I was like, why would response. I think it was anybody else? Like, it really couldn't have been anybody else at that moment. In the back of my mind, I was, I was like, if it's not Hangman, I hope that it's Jay White here to feud with omega to full year. yeah like, i was i was hoping it would that's be, who i was hoping i was hoping it would be buddy murphy Hangman. to come uh win win that thing and then have a a, a fest festival like a of a killer match with like kenny lead omega. into dynamite well yeah. just who can throw the more knees between kenny omega and buddy murphy <laughs> yeah well and that's like yeah it's like it's interesting like you know comparing analogs from now to the 90s and realizing you can't really do that because it doesn't like the framework just isn't there for some of these people. Like, yeah. you know, Kenny Omega and Hangman are both like they have shades of previous performers, oh, 100%. but like, yeah, totally unique in their presentation. And like you're saying with Hangman, like there's no. I was gonna say because Kenny is kind of is is similar in that way. He's not. Um, he doesn't have the same tenor as other heels. Like, he just has his own kind of delivery that I think partly is a, a fact of him being Canadian. Uh, mm, like, he just mm-hmm. kind of, like, has a different, <laughs> has a little bit of a different vibe. But he's he's unlike other heels, and I think that's why, it, you know, it's great that Callus is his, his mouthpiece because he can be, like, really, really, you know, aggressive and nasty. But Kenny's, like, a little bit more laid back. Maybe closer to someone like Eddie Guerrero. Like, someone who's, like... 
I had Eddie as a, a, as... a sick. I was just thinking because he's a sick wrestler that's yep. not afraid to be funny and entertaining. But T- totally. also totally like because the reason Kenny Omega, I feel like I don't know, yeah, like is so like what you're saying, like kind of like singular in how he performs. Like I don't know exactly how to put it. Not afraid to be goofy yes. and like yeah. and just isn't putting on any kind of. There isn't a pretense that he's putting on. Right. Like, he is who he like, is. Like, obviously, he's, like, you know, he's playing, like, the character, heel character all of them being, whatever. like, yeah they're, yeah, they're all heels. But he hasn't changed himself that much from what he was before. He just kind of, like, and I like the choice he's making. Like, I, I love, like, him with, like, the mutton chops and stuff like that. And just, <laughs> like, him and, obviously, the Bucks just, like, kind of playing with their facial hair. I really do resent, though, the more hateable Nick Jackson is becoming the more he is wearing outfits that I actually would wear. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. It's like, they think (laughs) that they're like dressing, they're like dressing better than they would have. Like typically (laughs) they would just wear like a wrestling tee and like forever 21 jeans. Absolutely. Sometimes they like go way over the top and are wearing dumb earrings. Oh, there are times where they like key into it for sure. But a lot of the times they're wearing like matching, matching shirt and shorts. Herring. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'd fucking absolutely wear that. I don't give, give they, a shit about that. They literally, shoes. yeah, they were wearing, like, that Keith Haring jumpsuit that is, like, yeah, sick. sick. And I was like, this is Yeah, that is cooler the... than, like, the cheap skinny jeans and pro wrestling tees tee that they normally wear, like a hoodie. Like, um... I'm going to get back to that kind of point later in, in our heel discussion, but the way they dress yeah. as, like, a heel thing. But, yeah, please continue. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, cool to see. Like, I know, like, a lot of the speculation on Hangman as he was gone was, like, when he comes back, what's it going to be like? But, dude, like, if you're waiting, like, I I mean, I already have. I think I'm just going to publish it in Torture Act issue five. Yeah. The doc that I wrote positioning Cody as the top heel and Hangman as the top face. But, like, all the other pieces are there for so many people to be the heel versus Hangman. Yes. Like, let CM Punk become the heel against Hangman. Honestly, like, like that's... Uh, last night in the ladder match, Moxley... And then Moxley... Hangman wins. Yeah, oh, Moxley, yeah, totally. Yeah. Moxley would make a great heel for Hangman. You know, he he also kind of behaves like a heel. Like, he never really, like, talks to anybody at the ringside when he comes out. Right. He's just, like, super focused, but he's been, like, super cool, and he's been fighting people who are heels, so we love him. But if he comes after Hangman and starts being kind of a dick, people will probably start to... I mean... People are going to cheer Hangman. They're like, going to cheer yeah. Hangman. I mean, there's going to be obviously still cheers. They're not going to boo Moxley. Like, there's no... I don't think he could do anything to make them boo. He, if he, like, ran him over with his car or something, maybe. But I don't think Moxley's going to get booed. But, like, more cheers I think there are. Hangman. I think there are ways... I think Hangman is at a point now that CM Punk, Kenny, Mox... I think anybody could get booed against Hangman right now. Yes. Um, the way that they've written him, it's just so perfect. Like yeah, he, I, the, 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 he's been written as this character that can't win, that we're all hoping he can win, and we know he can win. Yeah. And then when he does win, I don't know, it's just such, it's the most perfect and, storytelling and, and wrestling like fuck ever. fuck you, it's Tony like, Khan, for stealing us oh being God. there live. We had the Airbnb, Dude. we had the flights, we had everything booked. For we God got iced damn. out of the Airbnb because we didn't oh. read the fine print. Oh, we got fucking iced. Okay, we got fucking iced, and yeah, we were gonna go to St. Louis and go see Full Gear, and we're also gonna, gonna be able to see like St. Louis. get tattoos. Fucking, we'll get tattoos in Toronto though when you come. Uh, True. Anyway, yeah. So we're not gonna see Full Gear in Toronto though. No, we'd be lucky if we saw fucking WWE Backlash. Maritime's on tour. <laughs> <laughs> 
that bar and wrestling that we went to. Hey, man. You Can't leave, think of a name. You the live, vegan. We'd be lucky if we'd see the vegan live I was like, leave the fucking vegan alone. Vegan fucking no, offen- no offense to the vegan. The, the vegan's vegan sick. That, yeah, that show we went to in the barn in Moncton was awesome. Yeah, it was a sick show. But yeah, totally um, hangman. Uh, it's a very a very fecund roster for him to fight as a uh, babyface. I think the only person I can think of right now who would not get booed, I'm not saying he would get cheered over, but who's yeah. in that same level sure. of like rarefied uh, babyface energy would be um, Jungle Boy. And he's still in the mid card. Oh my gosh! Yeah, what would have our minds would all explode? Like the AEW like, faithful minds would explode. I think that's gonna happen. That's gonna Jungle be a, Boy versus Hangman happen. I think it'll be a great dynamite match, and like it'll be very competitive. And then he'll hold up Jungle Boy's arm at the end, and it'll be like huge babyface bop. But it won't be like a um, pay per view match. But still, like I was writing out like who's in who's kind of positioned as like main event and who's positioned as mid card. So for me, main event would be like did you main event a pay per view? Did you challenge for the world title like right. at a pay per view? And so like people like Eddie Kingston would be in there, um, as well as Orange Cassidy technically would be main event. He's thrown down with Jericho. He fought for the for the title. Same with Pac. He's but also been heavily featured on TV. Heavily featured. Always. But yeah. also like, you know, obviously like Daniel Bryan CM Punk, even though they like CM Punk, probably won't ever challenge for the title. Um, although maybe you said like, like he might. You, In a lot of right. interviews, though, he I feel like has like really like he keeps doubling down on wanting to tag with Daniel Bryan, which yeah. I want to see. But Absolutely. Like, I feel like in every interview CM Punk does, where they're like, "Who do you want to work with? Like, who else?" Now that you've like done some matches, he's always like. I'd see it. Me and Dragon tag team. Like, yeah, that's that's hundred percent going to happen against probably like uh, a super heel tag of like Kenny Omega and Adam Cole. I'm guessing something oh like that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but yeah, it's funny to think because obviously they've already given us some of the big matches that we wanted to see, like Kenny versus Daniel right. Bryan. But how many permutations? Because there are like, I would say around ten to fifteen people in that main event slot. You got to put Jericho in there as well because he's already been champion. Um, well, even just think Pac about, like, as you're going a. through this, how many of these people have had singles matches with Kenny Omega? Because I feel like that was, like, at the beginning of AEW, it's like, okay, it, we're all thinking Kenny is going to be the guy. Who are all these singles? Who the who are going to be the singles challengers of Kenny Omega? And now that Kenny is, like, the guy, the world champ, there's so many people that he hasn't wrestled. Yeah, he's, there's still, um, obviously... Like he Darby wrestled. Allen versus Kenny is, like, obviously, like, that's, like... I mean, I don't know Kenny's heel right now. It would work. Like, I that's a match that I personally really want to see. Do you think Darby will ever go uh, go heel, or does he have too much babyface energy? I don't know. I mean, he could get like dark and weird, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's possible, but I don't know. Like, it's kind of like I'm sure at some point Jeff Hardy was like the heel of a match or something, but yeah. He's always going to get cheered, though, right? Like, it just seems like he has too many fans. True. Moving on on the, the Dynamite that we watched, uh, we saw the in-ring debut in AEW of Bobby Fish versus Sammy Guevara in a very sick match. Um, super cool to see Bobby Fish uh, solo. I love... I really think he should join up with uh, Malachi Black, and they should both just roundhouse kick the shit out of everybody on the roster. He's got a great roundhouse. He's a very cool like heel energy in the ring um semi vera kept going trying to go up to the top rope and he would kick the legs out from under him that was very mm-hmm. cool the way he like would like leap over the ropes like a panther like he's got it's a, a very really fluid great, like very way fluid. of 
Yeah, he he's very Panther is a good comparison. Yeah, yeah, like very like aggressive, but like smooth. Yes, and he he did an avalanche falcon arrow off the top rope, and just like twisted Sammy Guevara like midair. Like it looked like it shouldn't have worked, but it like totally landed. It was such a cool, such a cool move. Um, yeah, Tony Khan's just peppering in all these. Like sick wrestle like Leo Rush also now Dude, is. Dude, it's actually Ollie, bananas. It's Bobby Fish, like there are a lot of cool, just like other like people, other pickups too outside of like the main. Oh yeah, do you remember know, like maybe like a year, year and a half ago, they were saying that the roster is only like forty percent complete, and I remember being like, that's yeah, kind of, that's kind of bullshit. Like, but at at this probably point, at the like, time of recording that that we were like, no way, like. Well, Who else are they going to get? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not going to get all these. They're not going to get everybody, like Andrade and Malachi and Adam Cole and it's, all these people. Yeah, it's CM a literal Punk. dream. Like yeah. the, Honestly, the... like you have to – that's what I was thinking in the first match. I was like, I kind of have to pinch myself to think about, like, how many of these people I was like, oh, wouldn't it be great if they were in AW? And they're literally, like, all here. Dude, speaking of, like, matches that I hope are incoming, this is kind of going back to the ladder match. but Yeah. Orange Cassidy versus Moxley in a barbed wire death match is like, <laughs> it's got to be like, I feel like they have to see, like, cause they had the two of them kind of like fight a little bit in the ladder match. Like, yeah. that's a great way for Mox the be, to the go best, heel like, would uses, be to like destroy yes. Orange Cassidy. In, in that and the match. best uses of those kinds of matches, like when like barbed wire is involved, exploding boards. I mean, it's like cool to see just in general, but like, are when it becomes this like dance between who is going to actually go into it first like sure and i feel like with orange cassidy being so like laissez-faire about everything in ring dude orange it's cassidy gonna be hard to his, get him orange cassidy hands, in his, hands pockets, in his pockets rolling under the barbed wire rolling like, into it but like actually you know hitting the ropes and like to an explosion Honestly, though, I don't know if I want AW to do that again, especially after watching that Onita. No exploding, FMW. Not, no explosions, just, just the regular barbed wire. Yeah. Terry Funk, well, I guess the Cactus Jack Terry Funk was exploding barbed wire. Just regular barbed wire deathmatch. Yes, I, I love it. I, I I loved seeing people I don't like Terry see. Funk versus Leatherface, Kawasaki uh, Stadium. Yes, hundred percent. Like I love seeing people you don't expect to be in death matches and like those kinds of matches, like when Effie. Uh, fought in oh the, the chips chip spot did, most painful spot of the year i'd did say Effie, was a g raver like just yeah Effie just uh -huh. like oh my god just holding his own with just like the most brutal death match people just like looking like he was just there for every spot like you never know if does everybody want to be down with this kind of stuff and so when people when you see someone who doesn't usually do a death match do something like that it's like it's a kind of a newfound respect it's kind of like when when akis kogar just like went the limit in that death match and i was like man i have a new respect for him also right. against g raver g raver takes people to their fucking limits g raver is so scary and i don't know yeah okay sorry very I took us off took us off course there a little bit very but, believable uh, oh it's okay um but yeah that, that would be a sick match anyways dropping back into dynamite real quick <laughs> we finally have Sheeta back on air Yes, yes. How long has it been? She's been off air for like a year. They gave her a participation trophy that she didn't even win. I mean, I'm, okay. ha I'm happy that Deeb won. Like, I think Deeb I'm happy that Deeb won, won that. too that because cool. I was like, okay, so you're just going to announce that suddenly she's at 49 wins and then she's going to win. She's at 50 wins. That's not a story. 
Like that's just well, yeah, that's, that's just like that trophy. is the participation the trophy. Like so, the fact that she didn't win and go like back to dark storyline. I also think Sheeta and and Dee are very cool um, competitors, and it's really cool that they have announced a new mid card belt. Sorry, a new women's belt. Not because, um, not just because you know, there's obviously a huge talented roster, and it'd be great if Britt Baker could hold on to it for a while, and so like give someone else like you know Jade Cargill or like we saw. Uh, Thunder Rosa, although she'll probably fight Britt. Uh, although that would be super sick. Champ versus Champ. Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. But uh, also because there's going to be a fucking tournament and you know I love me a tournament. Hell yeah. Who doesn't? Who do you got I guess for? some people might. Some people don't like factions. So, you know, maybe there are people that are like, fuck this shit. I don't want to see a tournament. Uh, yeah, who do you got on, who do you got as the first TBS champ? I think it's going to be, it seems telegraphed as Jade Gar, Jade Gar, Cargill. Jade Cargill. <laughs> I, I mean. It, it's like Tim Heidecker there for a second. Um, <laughs> I love when he only fucks up one person's name, but just like oh someone God. very famous. Like very, very famous. Yeah. And or like, when he gets one that's just like crazy where he's just like starring Robert De Niro, Joaquin, Joaquin. <laughs> While I have the space, if there are any on cinema heads that listen to this podcast, do any of you also see how much Jericho reminds you of Tim Heidecker's Decker? Because like when he's in Rose to the Top, when he's talking to Cody about his oh, book man. and tells him that he's like has a picture of Cody with a mustache in the book, it just sounds like Decker talking to somebody. Dude, as soon as you said that, it's like hard. Like, and that's oh my god. There's so much to talk about, but the, that's. I don't like him as a face at this point in his career. Like, I just don't... Like, him as a face and Matt Hardy just being around, they both give me, like, go-away heat. I'm just like, <laughs> just make yourself sparse, and then it'll be really cool when you fight. But I don't really want to see you, especially, like, him as versus Dan Lambert. And, like, I'm just like, oh my get God. the fuck out of here. I he just couldn't Dan Lambert's like, that more I hate all these young soy boy wrestlers who are five foot two and all i do is flips and then jericho who's like 58 <laughs> huge fucking beer gut you know because <laughs> i was like shut the fuck up lambert yeah. jake hager's like 19 feet tall like <laughs> just makes no sense him. has real mma experience yeah like... i just oh my god it, it would be so cool if like orange cassidy or derby allen someone came out who you know was totally the the example of what Dan Lambert would say is like what's wrong with wrestling would kind right. of put on a really good match and then beat them like that would make sense like just him being like there everyone's a soy boy and then Lance Archer coming out and just like taking a bite out of his head although I wouldn't be surprised if that was just a, like a shoot moment of just like <laughs> Lance Archer being like I'm tired of listening to this fucking guy I'm gonna go out there and beat the shit out of him but uh I, yeah I can't believe how frequently he's been featured on this show and yeah, the ladder match was, I, I thought, like, a really sick match. Like, a kind of a pay-per-view caliber kind of, like, spot fest, um, get everything that you want. It sucked that um, so much of it was in commercial that we came back and suddenly Lance Archer was out. And it was like oh, yeah. Well, I saw picture-in-picture. Picture. It was pretty tight. Yeah, you saw picture-in-picture. Picture. Restaurant quality. Okay, did, did I? Yeah, okay, we already asked about the TBS. Well, the TBS title, yeah, who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I think it's going to be Jade Cardinal. I mean, yeah, um, with, like, Roads been... to the Top kind of, like, popping off, and, like, she's featured on that. And, and then they've she's been just very been heavily, much building like, winning her... matches. Yeah, building matches, but never challenging for the title. 
but also because she's a healed, so it's Britt Baker, so it makes sense to keep her away from from Britt Baker. But um, I just think that's so great because maybe we get more than fucking one women's match on every Dynamite. You know what I mean? Maybe we could have a couple matches. Uh, who knows? Although TBS, I guess, is going to be on Rampage. Yeah, I would love to see Riho, Yuka Sakazaki, you know. Absolutely. Um, Thunder, more Thunder Rosa. More Serena I mean, I, well, I throw an elevation re- awesome. frequently now just so I could see those people since they're, that's where they are. Deep's a great um, heel right now, too. She has that great, like I said about Bobby Fish, she has great heel energy in ring. And her kind of raining on Sheeta's parade, I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing. Oh, dude, I'd love that. Just like, dude, the octopus, octopus stretch from Dr. Deeb. Yeah, perfection. Absolutely. We need to talk. Uh, Are we watching the G1 or what? <laughs> like that's what it felt like with that match. It's like what this is, should be totally more heavily featured on Dynamite for sure. I definitely there was another match that we watched. I think it was Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy that I was like, this is better than oh yeah. Most of the well, G1 especially like watching all this year. stuff like peppered around the same time as yes. the G one. It's like I would say hard not to make the comparison back and forth. And just like yeah, it's like well, being ripped out of a match where Ishii's like literally like decomposing a body with his fist right it's like how do you then go watch but then also you'll watch a very sick match on AEW, and then you'll turn back to njpw and you'll watch like fucking yano and the great okan like <laughs> who's gonna tie this guy to the fucking barricade oh my god we've only seen this spot ten thousand fucking times in every match that yano's ever fought cannot wait to see it again um <laughs> sorry i know you like yano i don't know how that's physically possible but um, speaking of last week's Dynamite, we still got to talk about another debut that we had, and that was the debut of Armed Anderson. <laughs> Dude, Dude w- I one can't of the think best of promos the last promo of the year. that I liked this much was Cody, Eddie Kingston's promo on Cody back in 2020 when Kingston made his debut and yelled at Cody about grinding. And I memorized it because I wrote about it for Torture Record. That's right, yes. And I could say it to Porky verbatim, basically, at this point. (laughs) And now, in 2021, we are gifted Armed Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, 100% knew that was going to happen. Dude, what I love about um, AEW is that, unlike WWE, which could never, like, respond to, like, fan feeling or anything like that uh, they're able to respond to fan sentiment and stuff like that and they're able to be very self-aware about how people are coming off and when Aaron anderson went off on cody rhodes i was like jesus christ like, <laughs> i have been waiting for this like didn't he also like say it was shitty that brandy got in there and like sat with malachi black <laughs> like i'm pretty sure pretty sure he did. i don't i can't co- cooperate that i'm not sure he took Cody to task and I was like he did fine it told him he was too distracted by everything that wasn't related to wrestling which is true it seems to be a story they're actually telling because Cody in an interview also said that his number one commitment is wrestling so like and obviously now is like I'm a conscious story they're telling on air with armed Anderson (laughs) but like yeah I don't I don't know man like I it's like I don't have nostalgia really for Arn too much. Like right. it's not that a was the era. Time. I'd no, like to watch a, more of that. Yes, totally. We to, we definitely should. And I mean, I obviously like like it's really cool to see him in an AEW and like you know love seeing him throw down a spine buster. But like he went from like 
that is like a legend of this industry that I like respect and am happy he's a part of AEW to like, this is my favorite character in all of wrestling. Like, you know what the difference if... between you and I are, Cody? <laughs> Someone comes to jack your car, you get out, you're like, oh, come right in, sir. He probably sucked him off a little bit. You know what I do? I open the glove compartment. <laughs> Take out the Glock. Put it to the forehead. And I spill their brains all over the pavement. Do you, Arn? Do you have to call the cops? That's murder. Holy shit. Honestly, and his just quiet, so like psycho the, delivery of that the, was like, like the the builds perfect, to that, absolutely. And then him on this week's dynamite just fucking burning. <laughs> lighting his suit coat on fire in a in a trash can to then reveal that it's in like Cody's like suburban he's, like he's in like Georgia Cody's house front yard. He's got a barrel. <laughs> And he's lighting a, a... I didn't even see what the suit was. I yeah, you thought it was a Nightmare Family tracksuit. Like, if this is a Nightmare yeah, Family tracksuit, like, this will be the Okay, best. pro wrestling, this is probably going to be the tracksuit. Right, like, right, Because right. he's done with Nightmare Family. But it turns out that he's in his front yard. Spurting. Has stolen Cody's suit coat. Cody wasn't wearing a suit coat outside. <laughs> I hope it was that stupid fucking... Uh, white one that he wears where he looks like a goddamn televangelist oh yeah his like um righteous gemstones gear but him like uh, painting cody as like yeah like distracted but also just like as a heel like doesn't understand how he comes off and stuff um and yeah just crazy drunk dad energy of him burning the thing and <laughs> cody just coming out and be like Arn, like what, what's, what are you doing and he's just like i'm burning this suit cody because you're a pussy and he's just like okay all right let's can we I just, everything about it was absolutely true. Aren't talking about brains being blown on the sidewalk is the most, like... Like, what? Absurd. So I did not... So many great memes came out of that. Aaron and Oh, Fortnite. my God. Um, yeah. Jesus. Dude, yeah, just like that, that Fire Pro, like... <laughs> animation. Like Fire Pro Wrestling of Aaron just shooting, shooting. Yeah. in the face. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh yeah, my god! Genuinely, genuinely I, great. Like I, we're not. It's not like if this was like a WWE thing, we'd be like making fun of it. Be, you know what I mean? But this was like just genuinely an amazingly. Oh no! I'm laughing from, like, out a of character joy. We yeah. don't like. We don't expect this from you know uh, who's just kind of an old man who was like once one of the you know absolutely one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, part of the Four Horsemen, tagged with like Ole Anderson. Um, but yeah, just kind of just you know like, like the, everyone wants. He's the like, guy insights. who comes out with a clipboard. Yeah, he's the you guy. Not, he's in a sweater. He's like vest. traditional, like yeah, like sort of like coach. He's got glasses. Yeah, he's like Cody. Come on, you gotta watch out for Malachi's roundhouse kick. He's got like yeah, you gotta hook the leg, Cody. Hook the like, leg, Cody. Don't forget to hook the leg on the pin. And now he's like, <laughs> I blow brains. It's like GTA fucking five. Arn Anderson expansion, the best, the best. Um, yeah, like out of like I definitely am personally very curious like if i like a lot of like i feel like wrestling fans want to know like we all want to know like as much backstage like info or like you know like how yeah those are the best stuff. parts like, of that of that show of roads to the top like seeing i always want to call it keeping up the dude roads, like unironically. i roads to the top i actually like you know is way not it's what it's not what i thought it was going to be in a good way like it's like it's do you see the clip of tony khan getting mad about the weigh-in yes yes my like my favorite part about about that show is the backstage stuff. Seeing Tony Khan yeah. just like supernatural. <laughs> I'm like this guy, like how does he have time to do all this stuff? Like he books everything, like fucking runs Jaguars and all this stuff. 
absolutely. Yeah, he's shot. It's show. like yeah, he just is like he has. I don't know. It's just like shoot me from over there. I'm just gonna do what I do, and you can. I could be in your show. Sure. I just gotta uh, say though, man. Like even though it's got like nice moments and everything, like it's still one of those fucking rally TV shows. And we've been seeing promos that like obviously were meant to fuel storylines on like Roach. Oh, to the top totally. Of Cody. All basically and, all of Cody's bad storylines. And dude, it's like I don't like that for like the future of unless Cody turns heel, like I feel like that's that's like a, a jump the shark kind of moment. Um AW is my favorite promotion. Uh it's the thing I'm most psyched to watch every week. Watch two television shows three hours a week of AW, but uh, that gives me some some bad vibes. But just wanted to put that out there. I, yeah, so, I could I could see it being a problem in the future, but like, so I mean, I don't know. It's a problem in the present, though. Yeah, because it's like if we think about like what we loved about Cody, like today, I think actually today to the day that we're recording this is a year since the um, dog collar match between Brody and Cody. Yeah. Um, and like thinking about Cody in 2020 and these different people he's building up, different people he's putting over, like. Brody Lee, Ricky Starks, uh, Darby Eddie Allen. Kingston, Darby Allen, Warhorse, like lots of really cool like wrestlers uh, that got a chance, either got a chance to shine and lost, or actually beat him, and then like pivot to twenty twenty. And they're always competitive and, matches. He's never like yes. crushed anybody the way he's been crushed by Malachi and Brody Lee. I will. And say he has that. the perfect style for that. Like the way he wrestles, like yes. it's like it like allows. He has cool moves that he does, but it allows whoever's facing him to shine in different yeah. ways because he has a very like he's like Rocky. He takes all the punishment. He basics. always he always bleeds. He always yeah. bleeds. Sick basics, awesome like strikes. He kind uh, of paints himself as the underdog in that sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, even though and he's he overcomes. Yeah, but then yeah, we've talked about a lot of his. Uh, uh, wrong turns in 2021 so i don't well, want to spend too much time on it but like no but i i wanted to transition to this into heels a little bit because you know sure yeah we kind of see cody as like as an ideal candidate for uh being a heel and yeah in my mind and in like just the doc i've written for sure totally i just wanted to talk a little bit because we've been getting really mad at like dan lambert uh, recently, um, obviously we, we always have heat for evil, but especially Dick Togo, um, great O'Con, right. you know, we, we have criticized as, you know, for, for totally different reasons. Um, whereas good heels that we have praised, uh, over the last, uh, several years on this podcast include MJF, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, along with Don, the elite young bucks, uh, Ricky Shane page. Uh, Matt Cardona, also in Ricky Shane Page, the master of heels, absolutely. Jay White, uh, and recently lost a big show. Jay White lost a big show. (laughs) Not to throw you off. Keep going. Jay White lost a big show. Ricky Shane Page did, and it was a three-on-one on on elevation. Big Show came out and like (laughs) chopped all of their chat, Ricky Shane Page's chest, and two other dudes, and then choke slammed them all, and then won. Next time you ask uh, why main, I'm not it was watching the event of Elevation, Elevation two weeks why. ago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and more recently, um, in the G1, Zack Sabre Jr., like, really impressing us, like, with his heel work, both obviously in ring, which he's also had, but, like, his great promos. So, basically, I was trying to figure out, like, what makes a good heel and what makes a bad heel. Like, 
you know, because I'm always talking about like Matt Hardy, like go away. But is he fulfilling his function? Is that what he's supposed to do? He's supposed to go go on screen. We're supposed to be like go away, and then someone beats him, and we're happy that he didn't win. You know what I mean? Is that the function of of the hero? Oh, right. So yes. basically, I came up with nine criteria. I think that, and if I'm missing one, please let me know. That I think like function into our our idea of like what makes a good heel. And I've tried to give um, examples for each. But okay, so. Is this what makes a good heel? Is it that they are boring or overrated? So maybe their presentation is boring or their moves are boring mm. or they're overrated into a slot we don't understand. For example, someone like Baron Corbin or Scorpio Sky, who we're just kind of like, you know, kind of bored of. We're like, yeah, we don't really get why you have the spot. Like, kind of go away. Even though I love Scorpio Sky, but I know you and Thomas, like, have some heat for him sometimes. Just an example. Um, is it he that... fits into that category for me, definitely. Like, cool. Okay. But, like, yes, like... Kind of like just a very brief uh, response to that in that like Scorpio Sky thing fits that perfectly prior to being with Dan Lambert for me. So like prior to being with Dan Lambert when he was him and Ethan Page were like, I mean I know now they're like psycho jocks turned up. I thought like, as soon as they the furthest, they were like but like end of the year I was like oh I'm happy yes. with this. My unhappiness was like, this with Dan Lambert coming in I was like why do you need you guys both can talk and also yeah. like anyway I'm not gonna. It reminds me of Dan something. Lambert. I can't think of what now though, but like, yeah, like it's kind of just like it was good, and then you added something else on top of it, but yeah. it was already good before. It was already, it was and fun. like, starting, I didn't care about like I, I'm personally like, didn't care too much about Ethan Page coming into AEW like at the time that he did, but then like when he started like doing like crazy eyes and like throwing Darby around, it's like oh, him and Scorpio being like yeah, he's kind I, of like mean jocks. Like you said, psycho like, jocks. Like I think that's a a great comparison. Yeah. But yeah, so I think they're doing, but like kind of yeah, older Scorpio Sky when he was just like, I am the face of the revolution and he won the Sonic oh, yeah. ring and stuff. I think he's kind of still saying that, yeah. It is true. But it's like, what the fuck was that up with anyway? Anyway, um, number two, is it that they cheat to win? So whether that's having interference or only winning via low blows. So I think of Evil, obviously with Dick Togo, Ricky Shane Page, you know, cheating sometimes, Kenny Omega cheating all the time, Shinsuke in WWE always getting the low blow before he would pin the person like that was always how right. he was winning when he was a heel so is it that they're boring is it that they cheat to win number three is it that they're mean to the crowd or are they cocky and think they're better than their fans so mjf would be obviously the main example don Callis, the elite pretty much anytime you go out there and say fuck this hometown is that what a heel is is that why you're a good heel number four is it that they're dirty fighters or really ready or really try to hurt the opponents? So for this, I think about not necessarily cheating to win, but just being like a nasty opponent. So kicking while you're down, like Zack Sabre Jr. kicking someone in the face, bending. Dude, DSJ is like one of the best at that. Like Absolutely. when someone's down and out, and he like he just pulled like, off at them after a submission. And he, just he just kicks them in the head. Just keeps kicking them in the face like a like a little yeah. brother. But kicking them while they're down, he also does the bending of the fingers. Uh, he grinds down on weakened parts to try to hurt people. Um, Biting wouldn't be included in this, although a face like Moxie also bites, but that's why he kind of straddles that that line. But yeah, I think right. of ZSJ. I also think of Kenta, um, just being kind of like a, just like a, a like a dirty fighter, not necessarily cheating, but like just a mean dirty fighter. Um, number five, is it that they are not great at wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> so like for me, Great Ocon has go away heat because I think he's like a bad wrestler. Old Matt Hardy like walking, although I was very impressed that he did a. Um, leg drop leg off the drop. ladder. I was also like, dude, like you have done enough. Like, give your fucking spine a break. 
Like you, I walk. liked him in the ladder match. I liked honestly. him in the ladder match, but I was just like, you don't need to do that. Like I'm already impressed, bro. Um, I'm it... burned out on Hardy front office, but yeah, yeah, him in the ladder match I thought was a good, totally good spot. Hardy front office the important problem is that they're just like sucking up too many heels because they don't have anything to do with them. But like it gives them less character. Like TH2 fine, but like don't put my Butchie and my Blade in there. Like they should. Dude, they need some time Butch to shine. Blade. They're better than being like the fourth man in a Matt Hardy faction. Like, yes. Anyway, um, number six is it that they're annoying or have go away heat to you. So think of like Dan Lambert or someone like Jim Cornette, like in his heyday, Vicky Guerrero uh, being very annoying, like, excuse me, all that stuff. Number seven, this one's interesting. Is it that they dress ostentatiously? Now, this used to be, I consider the, new, the Young Bucks, what they're doing is basically they're being kind of like a fabulous Freebirds of the mm. modern era in that they dress very ostentatiously, but this used to be queer coding. They used to just like queer code bad guys and then right. be like, oh, we love, and like they would like hold their stuff. And like, there's a little bit of that with the elite, like them kissing each other, Adam Cole kissing the cheek or like them both kissing Adam Cole's cheek. There's a little bit of that, but it's like, it's not like, it's not queer baiting the way it used to be, but there's still remnants of that. So like, yeah, dressing ostentatiously like the Young Bucks or the Fabulous Freebirds. Um, Number eight, is it that they oppose the people we love? Or baby faces. So whoever's fighting against Moxley, who's our favorite guy, like, does that make them the heel? Uh, and number nine, is it that they take up valuable screen time away from people we'd rather see, like younger talent? Um, so what I wanted to just talk about is just, like, who do you think is the best heel? And, like, look at look at these nine criteria and see, like, do it, how many of these do they hit and like why yeah, is it like so for you i guess like because you had like that criteria you wrote out i think is great and very accurate to, like, i think that hits what, pretty much every kind of what encapsulates a heel but for me it's like so like you know zach zach saber jr is someone you mentioned a few times and he was legitimately one of my favorite wrestlers yes that's okay. That's one of the great. So when I was talking about boring presentation, I feel like that's what WWE does very badly. All their heels, they're like, Sammy, don't do your cool flippy moves and stuff. Do boring moves so the audience will like give you heat. But in AEW or in NJPW, like the Young Bucks never stopped doing any of their cool moves when they were heels. They would just be cool moves and then be really snotty about it. And so that right. exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, CSJ like, is similar. Yeah, does cool moves. Attitude, attitude. Just an incredible wrestler, but uses it to just like be an absolute prick about absolutely everything. You know. So uh, yeah, I was just trying to figure out like why do we like like Don Callis? You know what I mean? Why do we not like Dan Lambert? Because they're both. Because Thomas was like, oh, he's a good heel because he's an, he's a fucking asshole who's got his head up his ass. But it's like, well. Don Callis is an asshole who has his head up his ass, and I like Don Callis, but I don't like Dan Lambert. Uh, I think my main problem with Dan Lambert is I just I don't like the idea of someone on the program shitting on the program because as a fan of the program, it actually makes me like it a little bit less while I'm watching it. But that's just that's my feeling. But like, I guess my problem or like not problem, but the reason I don't like him is because I would rather I am watching AEW because I want to see new wrestlers like so, I'm so watching... what would be what would be the argument then like, like just to have let ethan page ethan page yes. and scorpio sky do what they're doing because they can because they can do it they and cut it... a promo last week that it was just the two of them yelling yeah. and it was great totally and then but, the second he starts talking it's like still, i don't want to see this anymore. we already hated him before he was with those guys right we just hated him because he was just like i mean i hated him because kayfabe i thought it made no sense just a guy why would tony khan book a guy to come oh, you're and saying say Dan tony Lambert? khan was dumb yeah, I just yeah, he just is like 
I don't know. It's just like doesn't seem to me the reason I don't like seeing him in AEW personally is just because I don't I don't know. I just don't think he's that compelling of a performer. I think he's doing very low hanging fruit like yeah. heel work. Yeah. It's kind of like what I was asking like when MJF said what he said about uh, Darby's uncle. It's like oh okay so is this just like MJF's just going to run through the roster and say the worst thing that he can about I, each person now? I think or that like, I think that that particular storyline has paid off, and I imagine it was it was done with Darby to let us. Oh, in, I, yeah, I'm to, sure everyone was on board with. Oh it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but I think it's it's paying off because Darby did a promo and he's like telling us more about sort of his, himself. It's himself. helped. You're right. I guess that's a good. That's a great example actually of why that works because it allows enables Darby someone. And, and that's why we don't like hasn't had a chance to talk a lot to yes. speak more. And from that's like why we don't like Dan place. Lambert because him coming out and being like young flippy wrestlers suck, and then Jericho comes out. We're just like this doesn't really like if it was. Um, if Darby he thought on, that he wouldn't be on the show either. Yeah, that's also true. So it's hard to, hard to believe. Um, yeah, yeah. It I just, just find seems that general- that whole like construct is just annoying to me. The reason you don't like it and the reason I don't like it are the two reasons I didn't. I was just like, I was thinking he is just is like grading to listen to, but not in like a way like he's grading in the way that like Vicky Guerrero is kind of grading, just like the tenor of his voice, but also just like he's not really saying anything clever. He's just like speaking for a very long time, saying all the stuff that will draw the cheapest heat from everybody. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, it it seems it seems beneath AEW to me. Like that they they would need yes. this guy to come in and say this to think they were proving a point. I mean, I think it's just like his connection to the MMA people is the reason he's there. And right? honestly, like, like a lot of people like online now, so. don't mind. And a lot of people and, like it. Uh, yeah. The guy I can't remember his name, but he's like huge in the MMA world and he got a big pop in New York City uh, when he came out. Um, the Jorge Masvidal, that yes. guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was just trying to I was just trying to figure out like do like you know, by these criteria, do we think that Matt Hardy is like a good heel or or a bad heel? Like is he or you know what I mean, or someone like Great O'Conn or someone like Evil. Like is Evil Great O'Conn is not and I and not to talk about like I mean we'll talk about the G one a little bit too, but like you know, I, I think like you know, in, in the amount of time we're watching a lot of like matches right now because the G one's happening, we you and I are committed to watching every single match in the G one on top of watching I mean, I watch I think almost all of AEW's programming all week. Great Khan more than anybody to me, seems like someone that is just performing wrestling moves versus like he, actually He lacks conviction. <laughs> like just watching him do like an arm drag or like a roll up or like a, just any, any sort of basic move. And even the chops that he stole from Tenzan, like, yeah. which I don't like that that happened either, but like, it's a good, he is a good new Japan, him and Dick Togo in new Japan. It's like, they have are ruining my personal enjoyment of the show versus making me be like, I can't wait till like Hiromu overcomes Yes. Great so Okan or evil. That's, like, that's what part of what makes a good heel. I should have I should have sort of said like the oppose the people we love and what makes it good is that they get to beat them. They up. overcome. They yeah. beat them finally. And like, prove them wrong. I don't think that yes. Jericho's really proving them wrong. Proving Dan Lambert wrong. No, and that's why you're you saying like Darby or Jungle Boy or somebody coming in and like beating men Darby's already beat men of the year. Like yeah. that's so, there's no doesn't make sense. 
So what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm hearing from this conversation, I'm sort of agreeing with, is that being boring or overrated is not a good way to be a good heel. Someone like someone like Great Ocon, that's not a good way to be a good heel. Um, and being just like annoying is not a great way to be a good heel either. Just having go away heat, just being like coming out and being like, rah, 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 that's not necessarily a good heel. What a, a good heel, uh, and and not is not just a person who cheats to win. Uh, but often someone who is, is mean to the crowd or they're cocky, think they're better than their fans or everybody else, that they're dirty fighters. Um, not that they're not great at wrestling. That's not a great criteria. Um, they don't necessarily guess, have to dress ostentatiously, but they do oppose baby faces. And yeah. So that, that's as you're saying this, it's just like, I think for you and I, and probably most people listen to this podcast, like we're interested in like more nuanced stories like a story that like the hangman Kenny story is like a story that you would get on like better. It's like the quality of like a better call Saul storyline or something. Like it's like, sure. it yeah. is like the storytelling that's happening there. We all have to be there to know why, like we, you know, you could be in the arena and not know why we're and start booing Kenny against hangman, but yeah. you might not know why, but like Dan Lambert is someone that you could be, be like, Oh, I want to check out this new, like, I think, in saying all this, I think he represents something that, like, a casual viewer, it gives them someone to, like, dislike that's easy to boo, which is, I think, one of the reasons he's I think there, also apart gives... from his MMA connection. Yeah. Like, my... it's just, like, you know, it's why AEW's good, because it is hitting on all of these different things for everybody. I just like, don't like not... the idea of a new viewer coming in, seeing him being like, wow, this guy's annoying, and, like, him saying all this stuff and then being like, is this what the company is actually like? You know what but I mean? like, I just hate I'm, that. Yes, idea. and I and I, I mean, you're making us talk about heels, so like, I don't like that in this conversation. You're actually making me kind of like think about like, because they're because well, that's what I want to think about. AEW, a is, lot smart, of the AEW people, is smart. Like AEW, a lot is of the smart. people we are like get mad at are heels, and we're like, oh fuck this guy, like fuck, like for me it's like Matt Hardy, and I'm like, is he doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing, or is he doing? Is he just doing a cheap version of heel, and there's much better, more complex heels like MJF and and Jay White? They all can't be that though, because if they are, then like the regular, like I think it's honestly it's different than Dick Togo. Dick Togo has done the same exact thing. If right, Dan Lambert in a year, in two years, on. is still on AEW saying well, yelling about soy honestly, boys I feel that a little bit about like, like Kenny Omega having to like cheat every single time he wins. I'm like, this guy's the best wrestler in the world. Can he not just win one of these matches, just like? clean you know what I mean? right yes that's yeah what, cheat like but that's to, like to me things that don't make like, a good heel is not that they're cheating not that they're you know boring not that they're annoying but that they they do other things yeah well i and i think like that has to happen like it just can't be the same thing over and over again the reason dick togo and evil are annoying why we don't like them is because it's the same exact thing every single time over and over and over and over and yet again. you it like would, yeah no <laughs> Sorry, I was just that was just uh Yes, I do like Yano. Throw but, you off your uh, I don't know, yeah. I mean like it's just the way that that is presented I guess kind of just reminds me of like I don't know, it is like I don't I mean I'm not positive is like it just reminds me maybe of like um you know how like we've been saying like Okada's working like a nineteen nineties WWF superstar style? It's like is Gato just like really into like 1990s like WWF superstars? Because it reminds me of just sort of like, you know, that framework of like, this is how the heel 
loses, this is how the face wins. Like Hogan's going to hit the leg drop and then, you know, big boot. Yeah. Yes. It's the, over. the like, same thing you know, is, like, is boring. That's, that's kind of like what over I was, and over and over and over. Well, that's and over what I was again. getting at with like, is it, is, is being boring? Does that make you a good heel? Because you're, we don't want to see you. Maybe. And that's, we like that. I'm just asking Ricky Shane questions. Page is not a very interesting character, like, but he's also just like, he he's doesn't just look like cool. so fucking like, mean and just like yes. always cheats and he's just the like, number one heel in all of profession. He was, but he I does mean, thing. He does similar things to what Evil does, but the fact he varies them up. It's not just always Dick Togo coming in and yeah, he kind of keep he keeps things and he keeps. He seems more like an MJF kind of character to me. And in this, I think it's believ- believability matters a lot because I think that like when you were talking about G Raver earlier, I was kind of like. Why does G Raver seem like a real like G Raver is just a dude who tattoos, but when he's in his costume, it's a tat- dude who tattoos who wrestles. But when he's in his costume as G Raver, it's like a Dark Souls character has emerged from. Yeah, partly it's like obviously his 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 look, but mostly it's the like, depths of hell it's his and his viciousness in the ring. That's it's the things that he puts people through in the ring. Where we're like, Jesus why is Christ. he so much more believable than Great Khan? I mean that's a, a very weird comparison because <laughs> they're both but they're both playing like char- they're both playing characters. I mean like like to me I like I I think we share this. We both want heels who are good wrestlers. Like we don't need to be told someone's a heel because they do bad moves and like they're boring and we like the good guy. Like we don't mind if a heel has good moves and if the heel turns into a good guy at a certain point. It's like that really schematic stuff like in great I, I mean Great O'Conn, like, has a terrible presentation. I think he's not good at wrestling. He's being put in a spot that I think is, like, way above him. Um, and did, did he not low-blow somebody, or is that somebody else? I don't remember. He's, like, to me, he's just, like, boring and, like, stupid. Uh, whereas you're talking about G-Raver is just, like, cool, is, like, very good at deathmatch wrestling, and <laughs> just vicious as hell. Like, Great O'Conn's, like, viciousness, like, his Mongolian chops are not... I don't know. I don't, I don't buy them as like, oh my god, this is a fierce. He's like chops the guy in the neck. I'm just like this. Yeah, like you said, it just seems so performative. Like it just feels like, it just feels like a performance, like a house show. Yes, it feels above or beneath New Japan for sure. All right, well, Um, I want to wrap this up this this conversation because we still got the G1 a little bit to talk about. But thank you for for indulging me in my conversation about. But what makes a good heel? Just food for thought. Just because I I saw us dissing a lot of you know people who are heels, and I th- I think we both appreciate a heel who is clever, a heel who is good at wrestling, a heel that is like a dirty fighter, and who do oppose baby faces we we like, um, but don't take yes. up valuable screen time from younger talent. This is what we appreciate in a, in a good heel. I think so, and I think it's just I don't know. Yeah, like I was, I, I know you're just trying to summate, break it down, and move on. Absolutely. And I'll just, finish this here by saying like i think it's for me personally more a matter of nuance like i want i like stories of a person in wrestling overcoming a huge challenge like naito Mm -hmm. defeating okada finally for the title like and the tokyo dome like that to me is like but but okada wasn't really acting as a a heel in that in that sense no he's he wasn't but that's what i'm saying it's like shades of gray is what I'm interested in. And that's, I know Omega is maybe more so positioned as like a more clear cut heel to Hangman's face. But, but we do, we do love super heels. Like we both love MJF. We both love Ricky, Ricky Shane, Shane Page. Page. Um, yeah. I, what Matt Cardona was doing in, in GCW, like not respecting 
the program, he's Japan. kind yeah. of doing what Dan Lambert's doing, which is like, fuck this piece of shit promotion. I'm from the WWE. True. But like, does it in so much more of a clever fashion. Um, and like Zack Sabre Jr., you look like you're prepped for something. You got something I'm to just say? prepping to jump into the G1. You brought up CSJ. <laughs> Let's fucking do it, bud. We've talked, Dude. About, we've talked about heels. Let's talk about the G1. All hail the human Udon noodle. <laughs> he captured our hearts and busted Naito's knee. The G1 is upon us, and it's Zack Sabre time, my friend. I hope he goes the distance in this one. I want him to win, and I want him to win the title. Yeah. I want him to be in competition for the title. I think that we've talked about it a Shingo. lot. I always saw him versus Will Ospreay as like a uh, kind of Wrestle Kingdom match. But now that Will Ospreay is such a monster heel, it's like, um, yeah, somebody like Shingo, man, you know, they've obviously there's there's lots of people who are off the roster, and I think the G one is a lot weaker this year than it was last year as far as like the people in competition because you know of lots of reasons. But god damn it, the people who have stepped up, Shingo, I mean Ishii always steps up, Shingo always steps up, uh, but Zack Saber Jr., Kota Bushi, just you know always killing it. Like they they've really stood up to like occupy those top spots in a very very plausible fashion yeah i mean it's kind of like what we've been saying how it's like you know the g1 offers the opportunity for anybody to stand out like and have just like sick matches it's like you're gonna wrestle like a thousand matches in a month so you could throw down and potentially get like booked better after this tournament and if you do you might win a title and i feel like that like you know zsj obviously like ever since i started watching him in New Japan and wrestling, he's been one of my favorites. I really, really miss Taka Michinoku as his hype man. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, totally. Him coming out and saying it's Zack Sabre time, I really wanted to yell with the crowd. Uh, and I wish that he was still alongside him. But also, you know, ZSJ is such a great talker that he doesn't really need... I don't know. No, yeah, totally. Kinda, like, oh, my know, God. It, like, his last... We, we watched basically... Um, Nights one through five of the G one up five. until the point of recording, yeah. and so basically as it stands in our world, uh, basically in you know who's in if you scroll down to the bottom, I put the the current scores, but uh, mm. A block Great Ocon is at the top at the moment. This can obviously all change with a record of four and zero. Kenta and Yano are in second, trailing place, behind uh, at six points apiece, along with Zack Saber Jr., who's got six points. Shingo Takagi has only got four points, the current IWGP world champion. Obviously, this can change. Kota Bushi, four. Takahashi, four. Ishii, two. Tangaloa, two. And Naito, obviously, at zero. That's A block, B block. Jeff Cobb at the top, along with Taichi and Okada. Sonata, Evil, Tanahashi, and Tamatanga tied at two. Yoshihashi, Goto, and Owens. Dude, Yoshihashi, Goto, and Chase Owens all at zero? Dude, I just, like, when I see Great Okan at eight points and, like, Also just seeing him, the list four, that we're looking Ishii at right at now, he's all the way at the top of the list, too. So it's, like, well, he, I know that's, he like, has more points than any. It, no, no, but... he has more points than anybody else in the G1. I mean, we, okay, oh, sorry. Oh, he's actually at the top of the list. He's not actually at the top block, of the list. No, no, no. Like, not block. No, he's at the top overall. This except is A and B block. Yes, but change. we haven't. We're we're missing one B block thing here. So regardless, regardless, nobody could get insane. to eight. Nobody could get to eight. He's at eight because he's got the two points from um, Naito. Everyone profited from two extra points except Saber Junior, who 
is the one who put him out. So if Saber so Junior got those points, yeah. yeah so if Saber Junior hadn't, uh, yeah, hadn't fought him, he would be at eight as well. But yeah, currently Grotokan is at the top, and it's just kind of like, you're really going to put the cartoon character at the top of this? And, and we're we're less than a third. We're a third of the way through, so it's like. No, less than a third. So things can change. Probably the next episode we'll have watched will probably be up to date and we'll have the the endings. But um, yeah, when you look at these competitors versus last year, like there's a lot of people I could give or take, like Gredo Khan, Tongaloa, uh, Yujiro Takahashi, obviously Yano. Um, Tomatonga is ripping it up in this. Uh, Tomatonga is actually very good. Yeah, yeah. Spots that he's had where it's like feels like he knows that's the perception. Because I feel like he's someone, like, they, I mean, most of the wrestlers now are so aware of everything that's said on the internet, but I feel like he's someone who actually, like, responds a lot to, like, stuff that's said online. So I feel like, I don't know, some of the matches that Tama Tonga has had. Honestly, I, if we, if we did the scores right now, Tama would be probably, us, probably yeah. in the top, on top five, obviously, of competitors at the moment. But anyways, I can't wait to see how it all shakes out. We can compare, like, the top scores of the wrestlers, who was the MVP versus who was the MVP of last year. But um, just to go down, like if, in case you're just like looking for matches to watch, just want to like very quickly just read our list of the best matches in the first five nights. So sure. night, night one had Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii. Which That's our number one match Still so our match in the tournament. The tournament. Yeah. 4.75 stars. Incredible, dude. Like hard hitting. It's what every, like, I don't know. I yeah, mean, she, we've seen know... this match before. Like we've seen Takagi and Ishii. Um, it's still incredible though. I, yeah. It's still incredible. I love, I love the, the matchup to Ishii they're both brawlers um but I, I always have trouble like talking about like Shingo like she's such a tough guy to talk to he was a guy who was a junior weight like Will Ospreay and is now a heavyweight um obviously he can take the blows with the best of them but also just like has such a quick agility that kind of Ishii doesn't really have yeah, he's got that grounded striking that Ishii has, but then yep. he has like a sick move set that like insane move. He's the person you want. Shingo is the person you want to play as in the video game because he has like every move, no matter what direction you press, yeah. is going to be sick. It's like Made in Japan, Last of the Dragon, and he's got such, such a sick presentation uh, with the with the dragon mask. And Ishii is so no frills. Just comes out like thirty seconds after his music's been playing. Shoulders, dude, up to sir- his ears, sirens, just blaring. Like, just no bullshit. Just like, here we I, go. I love the observation Meltzer made about Ishii where he said, you watch Ishii walk around and he's just this like really stiff. You would like, never know that he was like a, like a champion wrestler. And the second he, and it's not something I thought about. Cause like, I feel like the way he walks to the ring just seems kind of like a hulking bad guy. Yeah. Like it just seems like I'm there to fuck people. Seems up. like a mob boss but, enforcer. Yeah. Yes, totally. But then like when he gets in ring, he's just so fluid and like, I don't know the way he moves around and runs around. It's just, just like, yeah, I don't know. It's like a fluid tank. It's sick. Yeah. He's, he's awesome there. Yeah. Such a sick matchup. No one's uh, better. Um, also in night one, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tetsuya Naito. Naito is only a match of the tournament, unfortunately, because he got injured in Dude, this match. So sad. And honestly, like as sad, this is a four star match from us. And honestly, um, even though it is sad, it makes Zack Sabre Jr.'s run in this even better because he's oh my god, he's so much hateable, more hateable appointment, yeah. uh, opponents. And yeah, took Naito out of the tournament. So good. Night two, a classic matchup of uh, Okada versus. Hiroshi Tanahashi. This is a four point two five stars from us, um, dude. It makes everything ZSJ does in this entire tournament seem 
like so scary. Yeah, like, he like was he bending could... yeah. Ibushi's leg backwards to where his foot touched his back. Like it's not hard to imagine why Naito's knee would be, out of place yeah, would be injured. Yeah. I mean, obviously Naito is like, you know, has a lot of road miles on him and stuff, and Ibushi is like And he has bad knees. He has so. bad knees. Uh, but yeah, like Zack Sabre Jr. didn't seem like he was he was giving uh, Naito like being easy on him whatsoever. Yeah, the long mover, the He's, windy man, the I, human Uda noodle. I love the windy man. Like it makes him seem like Slenderman or something. <laughs> yeah. um, They're all so goofy. Like he can put like I don't know. Yeah, that's like a great example of a heel being goofy and also like you don't want to mess with that guy though. Sort I, of like uh, I love how he, like, he calls everyone darling. Yeah. All right, darling. Come in, Naito, <laughs> darling. Let me bend your fucking knee out of place. <laughs> He's so good. His his promo at the end of Ibushi was like, oh, dude. I mean, so it was also good when he beat um, Takagi because Takagi him calling out the American Dragon, dude. Forget okay, it. so I was I was reading all the Wrestling Observer newsletter awards last night because I'm a fucking nerd. But yeah, it was just checking and best technical wrestler daniel bryan won it nine years in a row which they so they named it after him and zach Sabre jr has so far won it five years in a row um i think in this year this will be one of the few years that they've been really competing side by side and like actually brian might have a chance to win it but i think Sabre jr has probably got it locked so when they do fight it is going to be that thing of like who is the best technical wrestler in the world is it the daniel bryanson or brian danielson award winner daniel bryan brian Brian fucking Danielson, or will it be uh, ZSJ? And I really want to see a ZSJ heel storyline also where he turns on Suzuki, retires him, takes over Suzuki-Goon, and renames it Saber-Goon. Like, that's going to happen, right? That has to happen. I think so. I don't know if Suzuki's ever going to retire, though, dude. If he's still going this hard now, that lights out match he threw down. Dude, he's so fucking awesome. He's another guy. Like, you saw him at his clothing store, right? And you wouldn't think he was, like, a fucking... No, he's like, yeah, I don't know, like, he seems... He's a short, unimposing guy, right? Yes. Not to say he doesn't dress cool, he dresses fucking cool, but... Yeah, he looks sick. But, uh, dude, this is a complete aside from the G1 real quick, just as we brought up Suzuki. Do you realize... Do you realize... Who Daniel Garcia is wrestling this week in singles competition? Just based on this transition, I'm going to guess Minoru Suzuki? And also on Rampage CM Punk. It's just oh, like... yes, yes, how... yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Daniel Garcia has got to be Tony Khan's nephew or something like that. <laughs> this is like, he's put Daniel sick. Garcia I love on the program. Red Death. No, he's awesome. It, it's... He's so good. It's like a great Honestly, example of just like trusting a new star that no one has... Like not many people have heard of. I, saw... I just think it's so cool that like Tony Khan put his trust in him and now it's like... He's facing Suzuki. He's wrestling Alex Shelley. Like, there's all these different people he's I wrestling. I feel bad this for week. like certain of the like AW guys who've been there for a long time who are like, "Why the fuck am I not getting this spot?" But at the same time, I I saw a hilarious meme that was like, you know, what people have been saying is that oh, like AW homegrown talent are being lost in the mix, like with all these WWE, and it's a picture of Sammy Guevara holding the TNT title, <laughs> and it's so true because like we you know we worry about it too, but it's like look at the guys that they're building up here. It's like yeah, Hangman. Darby Allen. Every champion right now is a day one AEW person. And so many of the people, like CM Punk, first person he fought was Darby Allen. Like he's probably, gonna, yeah, he's fighting Daniel Garcia. So he's fighting young up and comers. Obviously, we'll get the dream match of him versus Daniel Bryan, but it's like, 
they're doing such a good job of like the people who have been there for a long time, the people who are defecting from like WWE, and also like the young people that he's just putting his trust in. Like we said before, it was like Top Flight and um, the Acclaimed, and uh, now we have, um, like you said, Daniel Garcia 2.0. Other people, everyone gets a, everyone gets a chance. Like it, it feels like a meritocracy. It's like, you know, if you if you come put on a sick match, like we might sign you. And uh, yeah, yeah. Back to the G1. Um, night three, as we mentioned, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus... Sorry, I'll go back to night two. Night two, Kazuchika Okada versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Right. I mean, these are the two luminaries of NJPW of the past 10 years. Like, Yeah, what needs to be said about these two? Not a lot has to be said. Like, Obviously, it's going to be a good match. going to um, be sick. You're going to love it. And 4.25 stars from us. A legend and live, both living legends in ring together. Okada, like Tanahashi, a little bit outside of his prime, but Okada, you know, not not too far behind his prime at all. Like, still huge, huge talent. Dude, hell yeah! Night three, Zack Saber Jr. versus Shingo Takagi. Um, this would have been like this to me is a good matchup for like the finals. You know what I mean? Like, this this is absolutely great match. Four point two five stars from us as well. Um, Seeing Saber Junior tap out Takagi felt felt like a big. That was moment. a big moment. That felt was like cool. I don't know if that has that. I don't. I mean, I know that IWGB champions have competed in the tournament. I know they've probably lost, but like, have they been submitted? Usually, before? what happens when someone beats a champion, no matter what they're holding, IC World or Never, you get a title shot. Which Kevin Kelly so talked cool. about this on commentary though, and said because of COVID, that might not be the case this year. Oh, that's too bad. I think kind of like keying everyone in to like, kind of like telling us like it's the storylines that are written aren't going to allow, the way he said it was like that, where it's like, we got like two more pay-per-views for the rest of the year. So that's too bad. Probably not going to get all of the matches that we normally would. Right, right, right. That makes sense. But yeah, super sick match. One of our favorites. I could see the two of them one-on-one at King of Pro Wrestling unless ZSJ wins the whole thing. Yes. And I hope he does honestly um and then night five uh night one had two bangers in takagi ishii saber jr and naito night five had two bangers in kenta versus ishii and saber jr versus koto abushi um kenta versus ishii uh i made a joke like hope no one gets concussed this time oh my god because that uh, was very hard to watch yeah the last i don't know if that was the last time they fought but you know one of the last standout singles matches i can remember between the two of them it was very hard to watch. Absolutely. Another sick matchup between uh, Kenta, who is like, you know, Tomo's a, a short guy, but he is, you know, he's built like a brick shithouse. Um, Kenta, more of like a, of a junior weight, but very convincingly, he will hit all of his strikes um, are so convincing against Ishii. Him jumping off the top turnbuckle to like stomp you. Uh, it's such a sick move of him using his energy. And it was also very sick to see, you know, ultimately he could not hang in just like a straight chop off against against Ishii. So it was cool to watch him like having to kind of, uh, yeah, wear down his opponent a little bit. Uh, yeah, he's someone that doesn't have, Kenta is someone that doesn't command an imposing presence, like if you just see him. But the second he starts wrestling, it's like I am not going anywhere near that guy. Yeah, he's he's brutal. The um, velocity, similar to Darby Allen, actually in that way, the velocity that they both bring to their 
movements allows them to hang their moves and the different things they do allows them to hang with people who are like way outclassing them in terms of like weight absolutely Um, yeah i love these two this is such a great brawl um i love tomo's uh knife edge chomps and i love kenta's knife edge kicks so it was match made in heaven and probably the second best match of this tournament we've seen so far like i said saber jr versus ibushi um even more so man versus the golden star even more so in this one it was like there was a, a, a there was a kickoff between Saber Jr and Ibushi like uh, Saber Jr was like asking Kota and he just does not have the body mass that that Ibushi has so there's just like no way just in a, a battle of strength is Zack Saber Jr going to beat Ibushi which makes it so great that he is able to beat Ibushi he's rolling around the ring every time he's you know seems to be losing control for a moment suddenly he has Kota Ibushi's arm and he's wrenching that arm as hard as he possibly can such a great technical wrestler um and yeah just so so cool just him trying to keep uh Ibushi grounded as much as possible yeah him bending people in the pretzels is what i want to see for the rest of the g1 yeah totally i want uh, him to win uh if zsj doesn't win who else you got your money on let me look at the bracket here again. So A block, B block. I think we should each peak, peak, pick a person for A block and B block and then also a winner um, now that we're at like what? Like less than a third of the way through. But um, A block, I am looking at Saber Jr. I think will be my choice for A block. B block, I will choose, honestly, maybe Okada. I think that is what I I don't want. I think it's not fun to pick the same things as each other, but like I was just going to say I don't know if I can think of a time where ZSJ has defeated Okada in singles competition. Maybe it's happened in the G1 at some point and I'm not remembering, but like it either like the, that as the finals I think is really exciting. Yeah. Like because if ZSJ wins that's huge and if Okada wins, you know, gives something it's like this like momentum that ZSJ has isn't going to go away, and it's totally. Come, New, New and, Japan does a good job of like, you know, ingraining the long term story into everything, thanks to Kevin Kelly's incredible commentary. So it's like you know, in 2006, and, these two wrestlers actually fought once in like a back room in Europe. Like everything that <laughs> I like, love, is, Kevin Kelly. Yeah, would, it's would, like would that put him at the same commentary. amount? Would that put him over Kota as uh, G1? How many G1s has Okada won? I'm guessing two, at least. I think it's three. Okay, so... Or this might be his third. Is he going for a three-peat, like MJ, maybe? Well, it's not really a three-peat, I guess. It's not three in a row. Yeah. Just a a trio of wins. I think he might have already won three, but it's been a while, I think, since Okada's won, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. I do Um, have to say, like I said before, I don't think this is as strong of a G1 as the last two years. I think definitely COVID has something to do with that. We are missing Osprey. We're missing Jay White, as you mentioned. Right. Some, some of the people who are in strong um, at Didn't the moment. Didn't Evil win last year? The G1? Yeah. No, Ibushi won. Ibushi won the last two years. Did he? Yeah. And he was in what the What did fi- Evil win? He was evil beat Okada in something. The G1 Cup? New Japan Cup? New Japan Cup. Mm. Right, because then he went on to... Yeah, he. I think he did win the New Japan Cup. You're right, yes. Anyways, yeah, I think, like, if I'm thinking of it from, like, logical New Japan standpoint, that's what I think will happen. But if it's, like, the wild west of the New Japan that we're in now, I don't know. Maybe a great Ocon. No. But 
I don't think he'll win. No. He's I think he has no chance. I think Kenta is you know, probably could make it to the finals, but probably he's not gonna win. Ibushi could go for the three peat that you had mentioned earlier. I think he's a very convincing choice as well. Uh, for the finals, but if Ibushi was in the finals, then it would probably be someone else in the B block, probably someone like Evil, or yeah, I, who's in? Who's cannot win at this point? When I'm looking at this, I mean, it, there's a lot to go, but probably will not be Ishii at this rate of one and three. Uh, everyone else is in is in decent position, so so now it could also be a choice for like a a. Like, because they often do that with um, the finals. Like, someone who was in the finals last year will go on to be in the finals again, sometimes win it. So, Sonata could be a, ble- a B block uh, winner. I think so. he's like just like treading water right now, though. You are right that Ibushi's going for a three peat. Wow, yeah. Ibushi, Ibushi, Tanahashi, Naito, Omega. This Kevin would Kelly be said it on commentary the other day. Third win. Yeah. So. Either Ibushi or or Okada going for that third win. Uh, Kota going for the three-peat. Kota's fallen a little bit since losing the title in his first fucking defense uh, after it having been unified. Oh, my so, God. Can't believe yeah. that happened. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, catching up with, with more of the G1. Hell, yeah, dude. Me, too. Dude, unrelated match recommendation that I saw while researching, while talking to each other today. Pac, in his first match in New Japan... Defeated Jushin Thunder Liger. Holy in a singles shit! Match. No way. So I, we all gotta look that up. I wanted. I was looking up earlier. Like, has Pac wrestled in New Japan? Because I didn't. I would. It would happen in 2012, and that would be a very sick match to see. And speaking of classic match recommendations, Mark. Yes. Yeah, so typically we do a classic match. Um, that is from the past that is recommended. And this week I thought it would be fun to do a instant classic match recommendation. This took place on AEW Grand Slam, September 22nd, 2021. The match, Kenny Omega versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. The energy... (laughs) The energy in the building in New York is bananas. The two only have to circle each other for the first few minutes, soaking up the crowd. The crowd erupts immediately as they go for a lockup. They immediately start to work a grappling clinic before Danielson lays the chops and knife-edge kicks to Omega in several corners. JR sounds legit so excited to be calling this match. I think this and CM Punk have really rejuvenated uh, his love of pro wrestling. Danielson throwing down some huge corner kicks and a huge tope from Danielson's Kenny into the barricade outside the ring. Excalibur starts to sell the LaBelle lock, a generational technique that Danielson brings to the match. Knee off of the top turnbuckle onto Kenny's arm from Brian Danielson. Danielson is dictating the pace, wrenching a face lock. Kenny starts to take advantage, choking Danielson with his boot in the corner and stomping a fallen Brian. Kenny is now leaning the It is now Kenny laying in the chops, and Danielson's chest is beat red, before rallying with a few of his own. Kenny hits Danielson with a kitchen sink that almost turns him inside out, and stomps a fallen Danielson to loud boos from the crowd. Kenny is in control, slowing down the American Dragon, and keeping pressure on him with the strikes. Brian Brian is able to lay a few strikes back until Omega pokes him in the eye. Uh, Omega goes for a rollover into a moonsault, but Danielson gets the knees up. The crowd is chanting, yes, yes, as Brian begins to take control. 
Danielson looks so intense. He has this insane look in his eyes as his chest bleeds and he works over Kenny. They could just run this for the whole two hours of the show and nobody would be upset. Danielson avoids Kenny with a backflip and hits a sick dropkick to Kenny in the corner. Danielson hits Omega with an almost slow motion Hurricane Rana, holding onto Kenny instead of letting him go and bringing more pressure to the spine of the AW champion. Danielson tries to hit Kenny, but Kenny evades with a roll and hits a standing Hurricane Rana of his own. Danielson rolls out to regroup. The crowd rallies for Brian as Kenny bangs the mat to call for a Rise of the Terminator. Omega hits an enormous Rise of the Terminator on Danielson. Back in the ring, we get pinning combinations from both Kenny and Danielson. Daniel wrenches a cattle mutilation on Omega, and Omega looks trapped and just makes it to the ropes. Kenny goes outside, and Brian jumps off the turnbuckle to hit Kenny with a knee on the outside. Knife edge kicks to Kenny's chest on the ramp from Danielson before Kenny hits a reverse dragon suplex on the ramp. Kenny then runs down the ramp, runs back to hit Brian with a V-trigger against the ropes. Are we watching the fucking main event of Wrestle Kingdom or an opening match of a TV show? Kenny hits a buckle bomb to Brian on the top rope, sending him outside the ring. He hits a missile dropkick to Brian, but Kenny still can't get the three count. Omega hits a six spinning heel kick, but cannot capitalize as Danielson hits an avalanche backdrop. It hits so hard that Danielson's arm looks hurt. Danielson continues with kicks. Omega returns punches. Danielson returns jabs. Kenny hits a huge knee. Danielson hits a rolling elbow strike into a dragon suplex. And then Danielson hits a rolling elbow strike into a dragon suplex pin for only a two count. Thunderous rolling elbow strikes from Danielson. Both men are down and the crowd erupts again. Huge AEW chant. The crowd has been lit this entire time. Kenny then hits a reverse avalanche dragon suplex and Danielson is sent flying. Kenny hits the V-trigger, going in for the kill. The one-winged angel. But Danielson hits a reverse Hurricane Rana, reversing the one-winged angel. Kenny goes for the V-trigger again but misses and Danielson hits his a huge knee of his own. Danielson hulks up, goes for the second knee, but it's countered into a powerbomb from Kenny. Kenny hits another V-trigger and goes for the pin, but only a two count. Kenny goes to the top rope and goes for a Phoenix Splash, but Brian rolls out of the way. They're both down, Brian cradling his arm from that huge backdrop off the top turnbuckle, looks to the crowd for energy, and it powers up his spirit meter. Hits the kicks to yeses from the crowd. Kenny tries to fight back, but it's no use. Kenny's on the ground and is hit with a huge kick to the head. Danielson calls out that he's going to kick his fucking head in. The crowd is going wild for Brian's face tops. He rolls into the bell lock. Can he lock it? He can't. Brian hits a running knee. Kenny hits a V-trigger. It's the last 30 seconds. They're down in the middle of the ring and exchange headbutts and punches. They're both up, exchanging strikes, exchanging kicks. But the bell sounds. Time limit, 30 minute draw. They keep humbling each other, but the match is over. Brian goes for the label lock, but the elite are out, saving their boy. Adam Cole super kicks Brian Danielson, but Christian and Juggle Boy come for the save. This is not over. This is only volume one of Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. Five star match. Um, obviously, they were still holding stuff back. Um, cannot wait to see these guys fight again. Like truly lived up to a stream match potential. Yeah, you know it's going to be great when nothing happens and the crowd is going. 
But it's insane. like they were doing that for Hulk Hogan and The Rock, and Hulk Hogan know, and The Rock do like, not wrestle like that. You know what I mean? It's like that yeah, kind of en- true. that kind of energy. You get that energy plus then like live from the Tokyo Dome quality work rate. Totally, so. man. Absolutely, one of the classics, and I'm certain that uh, whenever they fight next, this is a, this is going to be a new Kenny Omega versus oh, new trio. Okada. New Ric Trilogy Flair versus uh, Ricky Steamboat. This is it, um, man. Trilogy for the ages. Dude, imagine Daniel Bryan in the G1 next year. You're talking about how the field is weak this year. I bet you Daniel Bryan's going to be in it next year. I think next year COVID calms down. Um, G1 Climax 32 is going to be absolutely incredible. But right now, all we have is the G1 Climax 31 and Torture Act Volume 31 coming to a close. Wow, that's nice that it. We won't be on episode thirty-two next year, though. I don't know. In my mind, I was like, <laughs> "This is oh, it, John. Next year. Just soak, soak this moment in." <laughs> we only do one episode a year. <laughs> yes, and it coincides with the G one. Absolutely, I, I do. Can't wait to cl- cover the rest of the G one and see which uh, which matches make our matches of uh, of the year. This has been another episode of the Torch Rack Podcast. You can follow me at John F. Malta on all social media. You can follow Mark at Waste of Taste on Instagram, on Letterboxd. You can follow us at Torturact on Instagram. And don't forget to pick up an official Torturact shirt on our Pro Wrestling Tees web store so you too can be part of the Torturact Wolfpack.